0: What is up, Raider Nation football fans? Welcome to episode two of the Raiders Empire podcast. My name is Devin DeLeon alongside the boy, uh, my buddy Jake Regio. Jake, what's
1: up? How's it going, Devin? Good to be back, man. Good to be back, brother.
0: Um, first off, for those of you who don't know, uh, me and Jake just recently launched the RaidersEmpire.com. It's a site for all Raiders buzz and content you could ask for. Uh, we got videos, edits, articles, anything you could want as a fan. Uh, again, that is the raidersempire.com Go ahead and check it out.
1: Yeah, everything's on there. We try to post on there quite a bit, so it's pretty updated, so everybody follow.
0: Sweet, man. All right, so let's just go through our draft that we just had recently. Uh, a very, very eclectic draft. Some interesting choices, to Definitely. say the least, but we addressed all our needs. I thought we got all our holes filled in there, so uh, a Here good man. draft nonetheless.
1: Absolutely. Um, I feel like this draft was kind of hard to screw up in a sense for a lot of these teams since it was so deep of a class. So I think a lot of teams had a good draft, us included. So yeah, let's get into it. I agree. A really, really
0: deep draft. Um, so we're just going to go through each player and we'll give a draft grade and go ahead and give some insight about what we thought. Now, first off to you know start off this class we had Henry Ruggs III at round one, pick 12. What do you think about that?
1: Loved the pick, man. Um, I really didn't see how we could screw this pick up, to be totally honest. thought there were three options for us, the obvious top three receivers and Judy's, Judy Ruggs and CD. So I didn't really honestly have that big of a preference between the three. And I'm happy with Ruggs, speed kills.
0: I agree, man. It's definitely an old-school Raider pick. All the options in this receiver class is so deep, and it, they're so versatile. I thought that going from either Ruggs to C D to Judy to Jefferson, you know, Rager, Ayuk, whoever it was that we were going to be taking in the first round, whether that was at 12, 19, whenever we decided to take a receiver, uh, mm-hmm. I was I thought I was going to be happy regardless. Obviously, Henry Ruggs was a shocker to a lot of the nation who kind of expected C D Lamb, but... You know, taking a look yeah. at what Ruggs is able to do, not just on the field, but in the locker room, uh, I think it's easy to figure out kind of why
1: Mayock and Gruden went with the pick that they did. Right. I mean, myself included, I thought I thought we would go CD, to be honest. Um, but yeah, definitely not complaining about the Ruggs pick. Like I said, I thought it was between Ruggs, Judy, or CD there. I don't know if I would have been thrilled if we got uh, Rager or Ayuk that early, but... Yeah. yeah, not not Man. that
0: early, but I did think they would been maybe if we traded and ended up trading into the second round, but that is all behind us. Uh, I ended up giving that pick an A, just a solid A. It's hard to mess that pick up, and I think yeah. Ruggs is going to be great for us. Not only you know doing all the duties that a wide receiver that we look for in a wide receiver, but also taking away the safety in the box, taking away coverage from the tight ends. I think it opens up the. The game for Waller, I think it opens up the, the box for Jacobs. And regardless, you know, I, I think I was talking on Instagram to someone today about, you know, if Ruggs ends up having a 500-yard four-touchdown season and, and maybe it's not everything we had hoped for, the worst-case scenario is that it opens up the ground game and it opens up the, the middle of the field. Right. And, you know, it, it opens up our options on offense.
1: Yep, 100%. I also gave Henry straight-up an A. Um yeah, it was hard to screw that pick up, man. I think this dude, I think we can mold him into our right wide receiver one. I think he's going to be a great Raider. He has Raider think, written all over him, I think.
0: It's true. He was definitely born to be a Raider. Uh, the dude is a great kid. I thought, you know, Saban and a bunch of SEC scouts even agreed he is the leader in that locker room, and he definitely fits the culture that we're trying to start off with here on the right foot in
1: Vegas. So, Do you see those new shirts?
0: Oh, dude, yeah, I need to get one
1: in black. They're tight, yeah, I like them a lot.
0: Tight. This leads into the next one. Uh, round one, pick nineteen, Damon Arnett, cornerback, Ohio State. What do you think about this one?
1: Um, I'm I'm pretty sure everybody saw my immediate reaction on tw- on Instagram. You know, I I didn't I don't hate the pick at first. It's definitely a reach to me. At first, I was shocked. I think there are a lot of better options on the board, but. The, like you told me, just look more at the kid. He's he's a good ball player, man. He's physical. I I saw he does get a little handsy. That worries me. But I thought it was a solid pick. We addressed where we need to go at corner. And he was one of the top corners in the class. So we're going to trust it.
0: Obviously, initially, the nation was shocked. Um, you know, I think a lot of us were displeased. A lot of us, you know, may have gotten ahead of ourselves, said some things we
1: mm-hmm. didn't want to say in the moment, but. <laughs>
0: uh looking back on it and and kind of doing my research and my due diligence throughout the rest of the draft and kind of looking at our net after the pick I like there's a lot to like there I think he plays with extreme fluidity and aggressiveness uh kind of mm-hmm. similar to Gary on Conley's style but he's a lot more durable than Conley uh, you know he played last season with a broken wrist yeah um, I think if he can have you know I gave him a, an upside of Marlon Humphrey because Marlon Humphrey was able to come in for the Ravens and be an immediate impact. And, you know, obviously he's not going to get that opportunity that a lot of corners get to develop under other guys. He's going to be a plug and play starter opposite Mullen right away.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, And we play some good receivers this season. So it's going to be a test, man. He's going to, he's definitely going to have a test across from him. I gave the pick a B minus. I liked a lot of the options on the board still. I mean, Kenneth Murray was still there, Patrick Queen, but I'm not. I'm not displeased with the pick.
0: Me too. I gave it a C plus uh, initially, only because you know it. I just thought it was a reach. Mayock disagrees. You know, he was said. He was quoted saying before that the worst thing you can do is reach for, for need, and he went and snagged Arnett at pick 19, but. They really liked how he played, and obviously he wasn't going to be there at pick eighty. So we kind of had to pull the trigger and take the guy we liked a lot, like uh, Cleveland Furrow last year.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: I gave it a C plus only because you know that was just my initial reaction. But I think he can grow into a really solid player. Uh, he plays aggressive, which is what you like to see. But um, you know, hopefully he doesn't draw too many penalty flags this season. You know, with the refs always eyeing the silver and black.
1: <laughs> Got that right.
0: All right, moving on to round three, pick eighty, Lynn Bowden Jr., a running back, wide receiver, quarterback hybrid out of the University of Kentucky. What do you think about this one, Jake?
1: You you go first on this one because I love this kid and I want to talk about him a lot, so. Sounds
0: good. All right, dude, I gave this a B um, just because, you know, he running back was something we needed to address. And my reaction when he got drafted and seeing that, you know, he was listed as a running back, uh, on the commissioner's card was interesting to me because mm-hmm. we saw this guy play a lot of wide receiver in Kentucky and then uh, emergency quarterback. But what he was able to do on the ground and with his feet as a quarterback uh, is something you needed to look at, obviously, when entering and making the transition to the NFL. And I think he's going to fit right in at running back, brother. I think he's going to fit right in behind Jacobs. And we needed somebody to help because, you know, Jacobs didn't get a lot of uh, action in college, and he's got fresh legs still. Um, and we saw his durability last year and we need someone that can kind of help take the load off of him. And I thought this was a great pick.
1: Yeah, man, that's exactly what he's going to do too. This was my favorite pick of the draft for us. I watched this kid play at Kentucky. I watched him play quarterback for the second half of the year where he still put up good numbers. I mean, and just with the ball in his hand, he's a pure playmaker. I think he's honestly a second-round talent that we snagged in the third. We can put him anywhere. He's a good size. And I think, honestly, all our picks go like this, but he's got that Raider swag to him, man. Uh, definitely. Yeah. I remember watching him in the, in the bowl game last year. They they had, like, a huge fight, pre-fight, I mean, pre-game fight, and him and the coaches, like, got into it, and it was just awesome i loved it (laughs)
0: and then he throws the game winner right yeah
1: yeah he's got
0: swagger he's got an attitude for sure that fits the raider mystique
1: yeah he also
0: had over 1400 rush yards and 13 touchdowns on 185 rushes last year while averaging just under eight yards a carry he's gonna be dangerous out of the backfield
1: yeah dude you can put him anywhere special team backfield he's gonna be good he's i can't wait to watch his kid all right.
0: Next one. Speaking of a second round talent, uh, this was definitely my favorite pick in our draft class. Brian Edwards, wide receiver out of South Carolina. Uh, I gave this one an A. He was my favorite pick of the entire draft class. He's six foot three, 215 pounds. And I think we got our, our jump ball specialist, our 50, 50 guy. Finally, you know, Derek thrives with Yep. These, these tall, big receivers that are, are good in the red zone. Um, those are his guys. Those are his security blankets. Obviously, this dude held the Gamecocks receiving record, not only on receptions, but on yards too, passing up uh, NFL wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey. And I like what he can do. Obviously, he got hurt before the combine. He, he hurt his leg, which kind of dropped his stock, and he just fell right into our lap.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's a big kid, man. Uh, he's got the ability to make athletic catches. I think he can work on catching the ball initially. and But yeah, he definitely has that highlight reel ability to him. Like you sent me those highlights after we drafted him and I was blown away. I think he has potential through the roof.
0: He's a big body and his, his route running is so fluid for being mm-hmm. you know, such a big guy. He's got a wicked first step. You know, his only knocks in the pre-draft process were that he's such a big body that maybe he could use that to block a little bit more. He's a little bit unwilling to block, but and you know how important that is in Gruden's offense. So I think Gruden and and our staff will take care of that right away, considering that was really his only downside and maybe some drop issues. But I I think he's going to get right, and I could actually see him vying for that wide receiver one, wide receiver two uh, spot post Tyrell era. Uh, We're going to see how that plays out.
1: Yeah, I think there will be a post-Tyrell era. Not too far from now, to be totally honest. And yeah, it will be interesting because I think he could form into that guy too. I think he'd be a great weapon alongside Ruggs and Bowden.
0: All right, now round three, pick 100. We got a linebacker safety hybrid out of Clemson, but no, it is not Isaiah Simmons. It is Tanner Muse, our, our new special team's war daddy as he has self-proclaimed.
1: <laughs> the war daddy. I love it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> We got our Clemson guys next two picks. We got our Clemson guys.
0: I gave this one a B minus just because, you know, his ceiling is he's such an athletic guy. He is undersized at the linebacker position, but a little bit oversized at the safety position. Obviously we have our box safety and Jonathan Abram, but this guy I think has the potential to be sort of a cam chancellor type player in the box and you know at the very least he's going to be a we had this this cat Brendan Trewick on our team back mm-hmm. in the day on the Raiders 2016 17 uh Trewick was a special teams do-it-all guy you know he was only with us for one season but we really liked how he played and he's played well in Tennessee and Tanner Muse is going to be that guy for sure uh at the very least he's going to have an instant impact on special teams but you know he's great in, in coverage uh he had Five and a half tackles for loss last season, four interceptions, I believe. He can play behind the line of scrimmage, and he can he can cover tight ends, which we know is going to be so key, especially in the AFC West with guys like Noah Fant, Travis Kelsey, and Hunter Henry.
1: Exactly. It's nice that we finally have a kid that can walk up as a safety, play a linebacker and outside backer role, cover a tight end if we need it. Um, He's a fast kid. He's got the build, like you said, like Cam Chancellor. And yeah, I'm excited to see how he develops. I gave it a B-minus as well. Yep.
0: Perfect. Yeah, I would say he's going to develop. It all depends really on how he develops and how we use him. Um, but I think this season he's going to have an impact on special teams So we'll see uh, him get more involved in the backer core. As we keep going on in the season. Up next, round four, pick 109. Another Clemson guy. Wouldn't it be a Raiders draft without these Clemson cats. Uh, we I gave this a B because, you know, obviously with, with everything going down with Gabe Jackson, uh, we, we initially thought we were going to go guard in the draft. Maybe mm-hmm. trade Gabe. But uh, Mayock seems adamant that Gabe is going to be our starting right guard this uh, season.
1: Which is But great. I like
0: John Simpson a lot because I think he can play – Both sides, you know, left and right guard. Um, He's very, very athletic, very fast for being such a big guy. I compared him to Kelechi Osemele, which I know he was a fan favorite for a lot of the Raider Nation. So I think we're all excited about this pick, you know, regardless of when he starts, when he does. And he's going to be learning behind a few of the best guards in the NFL, Incognito and Gabe Jackson. So,
1: yeah, man, another versatile guy up front. I mean, he can play guard. He can go inside to the center position too. Even move outside to the tackles. Um, yeah, he's he's a fast kid, and it's just it's a nice nice safety pick under that Gabe. I agree.
0: And that brings us to you know a fan favorite pick. I thought this was our best awesome, value man. pick by a mile and a half in round four, one thirty nine. Uh, I know we were all in the Raider Nation pounding the table for this guy I thought no way in hell this dude slips to pick 139 Amik Robertson cornerback Louisiana Tech give me your grade give me your thoughts Jake
1: everybody missed out on this kid man he's an A on my sheet absolute steal undersized but he's I think he's a very equivalent to how Damon Arnett plays and I'm surprised he wasn't up there and I mean getting taken before round four It's unreal that he dropped this far. And yeah, he's going to be an absolute wreck on defense, man. I think he's going to challenge Joyner for his spot right away, to be totally honest.
0: I agree. I think Joyner's on a very short leash. If he doesn't bounce back from his down year, I think Meek Robertson's going to be breathing down his back right away. This dude is absolutely a stud. I gave it an A+. I thought it was a steal in every sense of the word. I thought a lot of people, you know, ironically enough, a lot of people had this guy uh, listed higher than Damon Arnett, who he took, you know, in the first round. Yeah. Uh, don't let the size fool you. This guy's five nine, but he is an, an absolute ball hawk. Five interceptions last year, eight tackles for loss, 16 pass breakups. He led Louisiana Tech in interceptions all three years. He was All-American, all-conference accolades. This dude is going to be a stud, and he plays with a lot of heart.
1: He is undersized, I mean, only at 5'8", but if you watch him play on the outside, he's physical with his hands. Um, I, it's really not anything to worry about right now. We'll see how he does, but worst case, you push him into the slot and he's going to thrive there. So I
0: agree. I think he finds himself getting some action sooner rather than later. And, you know, we needed all the help we can get uh, with cornerback and secondary help this season. Obviously, you know, new additions to the secondary core include Demarius Randall. We get Abram back. Uh, We drafted Arnett. We drafted Amik Robertson. We lost Daryl Worley recently to the Cowboys.
1: Add Heath from the Cowboys. Eric Harris is back
0: there still.
1: We made moves, to say the least.
0: (laughs) To say the least. And we're going to need it, too. Now, my next question is, do you think that this core, you know, consisting of a lot of young guys – Mullen obviously showed a ton of promise and potential last season, especially late. And we sure. still have Harris back there as a veteran. Um, we still got some guys join as a veteran. Now, do you think this core, this young core, uh, you know, with a few veterans sprinkled in here and there, do you think they can handle receivers? You know, the receiving cores that we're going to be playing this year, uh, including Atlanta's core of, you know, Ridley and Julio. We got Cleveland's core OBJ and Jarvis Landry. Then we have Sutton, Judy Hamler. <laughs> you know, we got a bunch of guys that were playing this year. The Chiefs core, the Buffalo core with John Brown and now and now Diggs. I mean, do you think and that's just, you know, without saying Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Indianapolis, do you think these guys are gonna be up for the task of, of guarding those those seasoned vets?
1: Yeah, man, it's definitely an intimidating task, but I think our draft and our offseason moves indicate that we're we're ready for it. I mean, we we went receiver, corner, receiver, receiver, safety, walk-up, backer, guard, corner. That that should tell you about what we're trying to do, you know? Um, I agree. It's, yeah, it's no easy task facing all these loaded receiving cores, but I think we're going to step up to the challenge, and I think we address the needs, and I'm excited to see these young young corners play and compete.
0: Me too, man. Couldn't have said it better myself. Now, with that being said, do you have any drafts that you look at, you know, that you loved? Any any team that, that sticks out to you that you think had your favorite draft?
1: Like I said earlier, I thought this draft was pretty hard to screw up. I thought there were so many, so many options on the board, no matter where you went. I thought there were sleepers galore in late rounds. And one of the teams that I thought had a really well draft without even having a first-round pick was the Colts. I thought they did well with receiver. I love the Pittman, draft, Pittman pick. And then they come back and they, get, um, they got Eason later. I just thought they did a great job with what they had. And then overall, the best draft to me was Baltimore and then Minnesota as a close second. I thought Baltimore had a great draft with... They just had players fall into their laps, it felt like for me. They had Patrick Queen drop to them. They had J.K. Dobbins drop to him, who's going to be a great back behind Ingram. They had that receiver from Texas, DuVernay. And then the Vikings, too, man. Um, they had some a lot of nice late-round picks. I remember they got Troy Dye from Oregon. They got Jefferson in the first round, which was a great pick for them. They just, yeah, I thought these teams did a really good job with what they had.
0: I agree, man. I really, really liked the the Vikings draft a lot. Gladney, they got Jefferson, they got Ezra Cleveland in round two at fifty eight mm-hmm. overall. I That's thought, weird. you know, that Dantzler, they had a draft that I think a lot of Raiders fans on the DL wanted. But I'm I'm still hyped with our draft, and obviously. You know, you look at the character of our guys, and, and that's the, been the most important thing over the last two to three drafts, After, especially after Mayock. They're just looking for high-character guys that can go out there come from winning programs that can have immediate impacts. Because we are a young team, and we need to close the gap. We're in such a, a crazy division, and everyone's only getting better right now. And obviously, the Chiefs, it's hard to see them getting uh any better but they i thought had a great draft to sure. address their needs so it only gets more difficult to close the gap with those guys uh, if we have luck on our side if that's any indication of how things are going to go in vegas um it's going to be a fun year and it's going to be a year filled with crazy competition so
1: yeah i thought like you said casey i thought the whole afc west had a really good draft man i really they do did. i thought denver had a good draft um the chargers had a pretty good draft
0: i keep getting too many comments about you know from from salty denver fans talking about oh you wish you had judy but our guy judy that everyone's trying to talk about uh he wasn't liked too much by a few organizations people kind of worried about his you know his love for the game how committed he is to the game of football and about how how his work ethic is going to impact him on the field obviously he's a kid with a lot of talent and I would never wish any bad intent on anybody, but there is a reason that we didn't go Judy, despite, you know, maybe he fits our system a little better. There are reasons for everything, and I trust Gruden and Mayock made the right choice in Henry Ruggs.
1: Mm, Juicy stuff, Devin.
0: I like it. Juicy stuff. I can't care where my sources do not tell
1: anyone. (laughs) (laughs) I want to ask you, uh, who do you think had the worst 2020 NFL draft?
0: It's got to be the, I mean not the 20, not even 2020 uh, NFL draft, but maybe one of the worst drafts in a long time. Is, and, you know, obviously we're saying this now, but, you know, it's the Packers, but obviously we're saying this now in 10 years, when, when it's all said and done with Rogers and love, you know, is potentially an all pro quarterback, no one's going to be laughing except for, except for them. So
1: yeah, you know, we'll see how that pans out, though. I mean, we'll
0: see how everything pans out, obviously. The Packers <laughs> didn't address any needs at all, and they definitely Fair. turned heads, though. They made they made it exciting.
1: Yeah, I thought the Packers, and I thought Philly was right there with them. Um, Philly was, man. Uh, I just thought... Philly passed on so many options that they needed, man. Could have sworn they were going to get Amik Robertson before us, man. Could have sworn they were going to pick that kid Could up. have
0: sworn they were going to take Justin Jefferson before yeah. Rager, too. But yeah. I like Jalen Hurts a lot, too. And I, he's a guy that I think gets overlooked because, you know, he does need to develop. But I think his ceiling is really high. And, and the Eagles drafted him to be kind of a Taysom Hill sort of guy which we all know he doesn't want he wants to come come in somewhere compete and start yeah he's he's a he's a dog and he's a baller and you have two young quarterbacks in Wentz and Hurts I just don't know how long that marriage works out before you know Hurts might get antsy and want to go compete somewhere and You know, Wentz has durability issues, so that's obviously a reason that they take a guy like that as well. But, yeah, it's questionable in the moment, but then again, when everything's all said and done, we'll we'll discuss it and see who really had the last laugh.
1: Right. I mean, it makes absolutely zero sense. Nothing against Jalen Hurts. I love that kid, but it makes zero sense to me.
0: All right. Now, what do you look forward to most this upcoming season? First season in Vegas, hopefully everything... Uh, with coronas all cleared up and done by the season start, but what do you look forward to?
1: Hopefully, in September, I'm looking forward to seeing how these receivers and these new corners develop. Mostly, man, I've always thought that's the best part of the game to watch is um, on the outside. I love watching matchups between receivers and corners, and yeah, I'm excited to see how these how these kids do, man. I'm see how Rugs runs. See how our net and Amik play on the outside. It's gonna be fun, man.
0: Yeah, man, one hundred percent. You know what's crazy is how how stacked our tight end group is right now. How stacked our wide receiver core is right now. We have a lot of guys that are gonna be wanting to compete, and you know we're losing camp dates. We're losing everything like that with with mm-hmm. the coronavirus going around, and it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Because in in a year when we have so much good competition on our team finally for once, you know, we have guys at the receiver position that are going to be battling it out. And I mean, we have a lot of guys, you know, won't be with us this season that will be picked up immediately by other teams just because of the pure amount of talent we have at the receiver position now. We got a lot of stuff there to look forward to uh, if everything goes like it should. But I'm really hyped just to see us going into a new place I think I I honestly 100% believe that our culture is going to be the craziest, best part, most underrated aspect of this season. I think if we can establish a great culture in Vegas and start off on the right foot, then it's just going to only get better from there.
1: It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, for sure. A lot of things to look at in Vegas.
0: I agree. It feels like we are finally kind of, you know, this was the whole thing with uh, Mark Davis and everything that. We were kind of the poverty franchise. We weren't up there with the big boys. We weren't up there with Dallas. We weren't up there with New England. We weren't up there with San Francisco. But it feels like now we're finally, you know, kind of part of the NFL family. Uh, even though that is the best thing, don't get me wrong, about being the Raiders, about being a Raiders fan is kind of the outlier of the NFL, the bad boys. Round up. But yeah. uh, it does feel good now to kind of to kind of be noticed. And we're kind of putting everybody on watch just based on, you know, where we're playing in the move. But if we can get that to pair with our playing style and win games, then that's going to be even better.
1: Yeah, like you're saying, it's it's super fun to see us being talked about a lot. Flipping on ESPN and we're the topic of discussion, watching, flipping on Fox Sports, seeing Cowherd talk about us. I mean, it, it's definitely cool. And they're talking about us for the right reasons, you know. That's that's definitely exciting, and I'm I'm looking forward to getting out there, man. September can't come fast enough.
0: Knock on wood. (laughs) Do we have any more holes that we have to address before the season begins? Anything else that you want to see, whether it's re-signing players, picking up a free agent, any positional needs, anything like that, go for it.
1: This one I kind of struggled with. I think I don't think we have any drastic areas we need to address now. I think we did that in the draft for the most part. Where I would like to see us get a little more depth, where I thought we got a lot of depth this um, free agency season was the safety position. I thought we did it really well. Really good job addressing that with uh, Heath, with Demarius Randall. Um, I'm excited to see Abram come back and then if we were to address anywhere man maybe just a little bit up front on the defensive end is what I'd like to see I think.
0: I agree those were two of my biggest things right here. Uh, I have written down that I think a veteran cornerback is something we could really look into. I really like Denard or Kirkpatrick uh, mm-hmm. out of Cincinnati one of those guys uh, especially you know with with Gunther's system and everything I think we definitely we got a lot of young guys uh, back there in the secondary if we can go ahead and share up the position just adding one more veteran um, obviously a guy like Logan Ryan is too expensive but if we could add someone like Denard I think that would fit right in depending on how good he is doesn't matter even if he's our, our CB3 CB4 we need someone back there that can coach those young guys uh, I also have, you know, I would love to re-sign Will Compton at linebacker to shore up that position because at the end of the year last year, we were playing with uh, two linebackers left on the roster. Yep. Um, we got a lot of a lot of hits to that uh, area. And obviously, you know, we got better players this, this year coming back and everything. Uh, we re-signed Morrow and Lee. But I would love to see Compton come back. I thought he played lights out for us. He, put, he led the team in effort, him and Crosby, I thought, uh, on the defensive end last year. Um, I would love to see that and I would love to see Deion Jordan come back for defensive end depth. I think that's the last missing piece. And if we could have a, a, a starting core of Crosby, Furl, Nassib, uh Deion Jordan, Arden Key, all those guys, I think that would be a, a perfect group to go into the 2020
1: season with. Yeah, man, that would be an awesome pickup. I think that corner pickup would be pretty big too. I think you're right. Having a, having another corner piece out there that's had a lot of experience would definitely be good.
0: All right. Last question to go ahead and wrap this up. Um, We'll talk about this more as the season gets closer, obviously, and uh, hopefully if camp battles start up and everything, but do you have any deep sleepers that you want to see make the team or that you think can make a push? And do you have any surprise cuts that you see happening before the season begins?
1: Yeah, Um. so a few cuts that I think we could see on the offensive end. Like you were saying earlier, I think we're going to have to thin out the wide receiver position just because, shit, I'm looking right now, and I think we have 12 receivers. 12
0: receivers, yeah, something 12. like
1: that. I think we could see Keelan Doss maybe going After. I mean, that one's tough to me, but I think his days could be over. I could also see us releasing Nelson Aguilar pretty quick. I I just think it's a little too competitive, man. I think these guys are really going to have to show something or they're going to be put on the chopping block pretty quick. Even though we just signed Aguilar, there's a lot of competition in front of them still, man.
0: For sure. I think a lot of names to look out on the receiver position are guys like Aitman, Doss, Zay Jones, Aguilar. Uh, I think those four right off the bat are, that I can think about are going to be some big competitions. Uh, I could see that for sure. Rico Gafford is, is another guy to look at, yeah. but uh, obviously he's another fan favorite. So it's going to be hard to say goodbye to some of those dudes.
1: Yeah, for sure. And um, on the defensive end, one of the guys that I hope we see make a big jump and make the team this year is um, Javen White. We we signed him. He's a rookie out of UNLV. Uh, like you were saying, if this linebacker core gets beat up again, I think he could fit right in. He's good size, 6'3, 205-pound kid. Living in Vegas, I think it's another one of those hometown stories that that we could see this season.
0: Yeah, 100 percent There's always seems like there's always guys like that with us that are sort of yeah. these undrafted free agent standouts or some late round rookie standouts. Um, obviously last year it was DOS. Uh, Rico Gafford is another considerable one. Jalen Richard obviously is another one. It seems like we're always kind of looking for these dudes. Last year we got Ingold, AJ Cole, you know, a lot of those dudes. Uh, Keyshawn Nixon, actually, who was one of my deep sleepers this year uh, for making the squad and having a considerable impact uh, on the secondary. Uh, I had DJ Killings and I had... Um, Nixon as guys that I could see fighting it out in camp I liked what Killings did last year in the preseason this is a deep deep sleeper but yeah I think Keyshawn Nixon is a guy that we need to look at more and start talking about I think he's hungry as well Uh, so those are my sleepers but my surprise cut I think a dude that I can see something like a Brandon Marshall cut last year something where no one's expecting it Uh, Arden Key is a guy to look out for I think Um, yeah,
1: I was thinking the same thing, Devin. I was scrolling through the the roster here and his name popped up and it kind of caught my eye and sucks because I I I really like him, man. He's out of LSU. Always liked watching him. Big, big guy on the outside, but we haven't seen much from him, huh?
0: He's got durability issues. That's a big thing that's kind of held him down. He seems like he's always able to get to the quarterback. He just can't finish. You know, he had that that issue is rookie year. Um, He had, you know, a considerable amount of pressures, just couldn't get sacks, couldn't, couldn't get the guy down, uh, had some tackling issues, but I think, you know, he's still got a wicked bend and he's got some speed and uh, he was a a crazy, a crazy prospect coming out of LSU. So I think he, he needs, you know, a full season to really show what he's got. But uh, in this industry, it's not something you're afforded that often, uh, especially with the, a, a core that's getting considerably better with guys like Furl, hopefully hopefully taking that step in year two. We got Crosby who just balled out last year. Nassif who I actually watched on Hard Knocks and fell in love with. I love the kid. I think you know he's kind of got that Max Crosby white boy swagger a little bit. Yeah. Um, and he, he's he's able to kind of finish and he, he's another guy that, that gets those sack numbers up. So we and hopefully we resign some guys like Deion Jordan. It's going to be another camp battle that's crazy but uh, we, we might not be able to see the full effect of of that competition because of the coronavirus, which is sad. So, unfortunately, we might have to say goodbye to him this year. I could also see us, you know, moving moving PJ Hall, trading him. I don't think we'd cut the guy, but uh, we obviously added Malik Collins to our front, and we we have guys like Mo Hurst there still, Hankins. So, I could see PJ Hall being the odd guy out, and and I, I think we could trade him or move him before it's all said and
1: done. Yeah, for sure. All those places are good to look. All
0: right. Well, we appreciate everybody coming through and listening to the second episode. You guys have been awesome. Uh, we appreciate you guys checking out our articles, our videos, uh, our podcast, the the first couple episodes. So we appreciate all the love you guys have shown.
1: 100%. Thank you, everybody. And we'll be back next week, I'd assume.
0: Hell yeah. We'll be back. We'll be back soon, guys. Appreciate you guys.